This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Calf Milk Replacer. Offering a wide range of calf milk replacers to suit your calf's needs. On C103. Hello and welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. A seafood task force has been established to counter the effects of the Brexit deal between the EU and the UK. COVID-19 TB testing protocols have been extended until June of this year. Minister of State Senator Pippa Hackett joins us to discuss the organic farming scheme, which is open for applications. We hear about courses beginning at the Clonakilty Agricultural College, where an online open evening is taking place. The Mokra presidential candidates have been announced, and we hear plans for Mokra's 70th anniversary celebrations in Cork. Farm Talk's John O'Connor will also look at stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellogue, has announced the establishment of a seafood sector task force. John O'Connor joins me to discuss what the task force is all about, who's involved and how it will go about its work. Well, the task force will make recommendations to the Minister on measures to try and mitigate the impacts of the fish cover share reductions arising from the EU-UK trade and cooperation agreement on the Irish fishing industry and on the coastal communities that depend on fisheries. And do we know yet the names of the key members of the task force? The task force will be chaired by Aidan Cotter, barrister and former CEO of Borbia. Mr Cotter will be assisted by a steering group comprised of Margaret Daly, deputy CEO of seafood processor Ergel Bay Limited, and Michael O'Kaneda, former deputy CEO of the EPA and former director in the Marine Institute and presently on the board of the Aquaculture Licensing Appeals Board. And I understand several organisations linked to the fishing industry and to aquaculture are amongst the 17 bodies invited to contribute as members of the task force. But is the IFA on the list of invitees? Yes, it is, Barry. The IFA Aquaculture Branch has been invited to join the task force. The list of organisations potentially contributing their experience and knowledge to the task force is impressive. The Department of Agriculture and several government departments and development organisations will be working with the task force. And as it's the seafood sector task force, do we know which fishing organisations are likely to be contributing their knowledge and expertise? They include BIM Bordish Guevara, Irish South and West Fishermen's Organisation, Killybegs Fishermen's Organisation, National Inshore Fisheries Forum, Irish Fish Producers Organisation, Udrasna Geltachta, 
fisheries local action groups, including one representative of the Seven Flags, Irish Islands Marine Resources Organisation, Irish South and East Fishermen's Organisation. The extensive list goes on. Full details on the Department of Agriculture website are the following www.agriculture.gov.ie, all lowercase. And how soon can we expect an interim report from the task force? The Minister has asked the task force to produce an interim report within two months, focusing on recommended arrangements for a voluntary fleet tie-up scheme to temporarily counter the impact of the reduction in quotas, which will begin to occur in April. The final report to be delivered within four months, that will address their recommendations for a voluntary fleet decommissioning scheme to adjust and rebalance certain segments of the fleet with the reduced fishing opportunities available and any other recommended initiatives to support our seafood sector and coastal communities. It sounds like a damage limitation exercise rather than any kind of expansion. The task force will use its remit and huge pool of knowledge and experience to consider and recommend constructive actions which will help alleviate what the Minister has termed, quote, the inequitable relative contribution of quota share by Ireland in the EU-UK Trade and Cooperation Agreement, end of quote. Minister McConnell added that in producing the interim and final reports, he's asking the task force to take account to the extent possible of all available funding streams. So the task force undertake their mission to maximise the development of our remaining seafood production potential, drawing on the individual and collective experience of the nation's fishing and development organisations and government-linked agencies. That would appear to be the most positive outcome we can strive to achieve, given the impact of Brexit on our seafood and fishing sectors. Thanks for that, John. A couple of weeks back, we discussed the recent suspension of the point-to-point season owing to restrictions imposed by the COVID pandemic. At the same time, normal race meetings continued behind closed doors. The Cork East TD, Sean Sherlock, had raised the issue with the Minister for Agriculture, who committed to reviewing the situation around point-to-point meetings in line with the review of restrictions by the government on a monthly basis. Deputy Sherlock continued his demands for the resumption of the point-to-point season when he pressed Horse Racing Ireland for clarity at a recent public accounts hearing. HRI was represented by its chief executive, Brian Kavanagh. I'd like to ask Mr Kavanagh, where stands the conversation now with government in real time on the resumption of point-to-points? Mr Kavanagh has made the point uh, previously in respect of maybe running meetings on race courses. I speak specifically for Cork. Uh, I don't think that would be practical uh, to run Kildare, Killa or Drumahan point-to-point meetings in Mallow Racecourse at this point in time. However, you might have a view on that. And what we'd really like to see is the resumption of point-to-points in their natural state, in the locations that the many people who go to point-to-points would normally visit. In the absence of there being the possibility of people being able to go to point-to-points, can point-to-points be ran in original locations like Kildare, like Drumahan, for instance, uh, and, and how soon will that happen, in your view, Mr Kavanagh? Just to get a very clear, concise yeah. answer to that. Thank you. Well, the answer to, thank you, Deputy Sherlock. The answer to your first question is, is you know, we were in, in constant contact with the Department of Agriculture. I put a written submission into them, you know, formally putting on the record that the resumption of point-to-points be considered 
at the earliest possible date. Uh, you know, the second question in relation to how soon, I think, you know, within uh, a reasonable time frame of notice, 10 days perhaps, or, or, or a week, uh, these, uh, these can be turned around because there's a great hunger amongst the point-to-point -point community to get going. Again, uh, I would stress this is all outdoor activity, uh, you know, less people uh, involved than are at a race course. The race courses have operated successfully since since June last with uh, with, with very strict protocols, uh, with no, not, no issue arising in relation to COVID uh, at a race meeting. And that has enabled the racing industry to continue the wheels turning, and we're very, very appreciative of that and very grateful for that. Uh, the same issue applies to points to points, and of course there's an animal aspect to this as well. These horses are, are bought and trained, you know, to race in these races, uh, so, you know, they, they don't have anywhere to go. But we, we've submitted to the department, Deputy Sherlock, uh, in written form, and uh, we're um, in, in, in daily dialogue with them, and it, will be turned, it could be turned around at 10 days' notice, I believe. Brian Kavanagh, Chief Executive of the HRI. Sean Sherlock has written to the Minister for Agriculture following the questioning at the Public Accounts Committee to seek a further update on Point to Points. An online meeting for bee farmers is being held on Tuesday, March 9th at 8.30pm to highlight the seriousness of the situation on Irish bee farms. IFA President Tim Cullinan said the latest market price information clearly justifies a beef price increase. He said the Board Beer price tracker shows the prime export benchmark price increasing by 4 cents a kg to 3.80 euro cents a kg, while the prime Irish composite price dropped by 3 cents a kg to 3.68 euro cents a kg. The IFA president said this level of price differential and divergence was unjustified and factory prices simply must increase. Mr Cullinan said that our beef processors must increase prices in line with the positive market conditions which exist for beef as clearly shown in the export benchmark price which reflects the market prices in our key UK and EU markets for beef. He said farmers are very angry at what he called the cynical and unjustified price cutting which has gone on over the past few weeks. The IFA president reminded bee farmers about the online meeting planned for Tuesday, March 9th at 8.30pm for bee farmers, attempting to highlight the seriousness of the situation on bee farms. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold, Post Calver Gold, your trusted feeding partner for your dairy herd this spring. On C103. There has been a broad welcome for the extension of the COVID-19 TB testing protocol to June 1st. The IFA Animal Health Committee Chairman, Mr Pat Farrell, said the extension by the Department of Agriculture to the COVID-19 TB testing protocol to 1st of June was a good move. Pat Farrell said the extension will now allow calves up to 120 days to be sold from farms without requiring a TB test for internal sales. He said farmers could now plan ahead for the duration of calf sales with clarity on the movement requirements. Pat Farrell said the flexibilities on testing dates and the 28 days grace period after the test due date for movement in and out of farms allows farmers plan TB tests without having to take unnecessary risks. The protocol will be reviewed again in May. 
In further praise for the extension of the COVID-19 TB testing protocol to June 1st, Pat Farrell said, Allowing the sale of calves up to 120 days without the need for a TB test on the home market had gone down very well with both sellers and buyers of calves and is an amendment we should seek to include permanently in the TB programme. And the Deputy President of the ICMSA, Mr Lorcan McCabe, has welcomed the decision by the Department to continue until June 1st operating the TB COVID-19 procedures in place for the last number of months. Lorcan McCabe said the Department are to be commended on their early decision to extend this protocol and thus avoid uncertainty. Mr McCabe said the option of not testing calves under 120 days removes a level of worry from farmers. Current COVID procedures mean that calves aged 42 days to 120 days can move to other herds once the herd of origin is not restricted under these protocols. The extension of this measure would be a relief to those dairy farmers who have calves to sell and gives a valuable leeway at a very difficult time. However, he pointed out, if calves are not tested in the current test, they will need to be tested to move to other herds once these protocols lapse. The 28-day testing extension, Mr McKay pointed out, will give breathing space to farmers who may be impacted by COVID or simply isolating around the time of their expected herd test. The Deputy President of the ICMSA said that these were still challenging times for all involved and we would have to work together to ensure the safety of our farmers, vets and department officials. That obviously means adhering to all relevant HSE guidelines. But the fact is that the incidence of bovine TB is rising again, and we need to make sure that any outbreaks are not made worse due to delays in testing. Mr McCabe said that's the balance to be struck, protecting farmers, their families and the wider community, while also protecting our herds against TB and not relaxing overall vigilance. Mr McCabe said, in fairness, the ICMSA thinks these COVID regulations strike that correct balance in a clearly defined way. Part of a statement there from the ICMSA Deputy President, Mr Lorcan McCabe, commenting on the extension of the COVID-19 TB testing protocol to June 1st. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. The Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Senator Pippa Hackett, has announced the reopening of the organic farming scheme for new applications from farmers. It's expected that the scheme will result in an increase of up to 30% in the number of farmers farming organically in Ireland this year. Minister Hackett joins us to talk about the organic farming scheme, which she herself is endorsing being an organic farmer herself. Yes, I'm delighted that the organic farming scheme is is opened. It opened on Monday, that's the 1st of March, and it's open until the 30th of April. So there's an eight-week period for for farmers to apply. Um, Look, organic farming is, um, you know, it's fairly niche, I suppose, in Ireland at the moment. We've quite a low level of organic uh, land, you know, being farmed that way. Um, And look, we made a commitment in the programme for government to to increase that area. Um, Currently, it's about 2%, and we've made a commitment to get to about 7.5 or even maybe 8 percent by the end of the term of government so that's a very ambitious target uh saying that it's not as ambitious as the eu target of 25 percent but you know that'll be another battle uh to to uh have at a later stage but look i'm an organic farmer myself with my husband we have uh suckler beef and sheep farm here up in offaly and uh, we've been organic since about 2013 we, we joined the scheme then uh we found it very straightforward and um look we, we feel most certainly it's the best decision we made on our farm 
Um, so listen, the scheme is open. It's open to all types of farmers. Um, there's information there on my department's website, Chagas of Information as well. Um, the IFA, I'm sure, will have information on it as well. So I would just encourage farmers to check it out, have a chat with any organic farmers they might know themselves, you know, to find out how it worked for them. And um, look, it's just something we really need to, I suppose, embrace going forwards. We have a, a Green New Deal in, at the European level. There are strategies there on biodiversity and farm to fork and embracing, I suppose, more nature-friendly ways of farming um, is certainly something we, we need to do in the future. You were saying there about asking people who have experience of this, you have experience, as you said. What do you think has held back people in the past, maybe, from not going down the organic route? I think, actually, the availability of a scheme, for starters. I mean, you know, uh, it's, it, it, is, it is a change in, in how to, you know, you might farm from you know, non-organic to organic. But um, look, the scheme really hasn't been properly open since 2015. Um, it opened for a very short while in 2018 for a month. Um, farmers didn't have very much notice of that. Um, and there, were, you know, there was a certain level of dissatisfaction. It was well oversubscribed. Only you know, a, a percentage of farmers actually got accepted onto the scheme. So I think the availability of the scheme is important. Um, but also, I think, you know, I can only speak from my own experience and, and other farmers I know, our farm has certainly become more profitable. Um, um, and, you know, that's, that's great because you, you, it's it's, a lot of it is all about farm profitability. We've certainly found our income has gone up since becoming organic. And, look, it's a, we find it's also it's very, you know, a less stressful way to farm. So, you know, I'm, I'm certainly happy with it. I, I suppose I practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, um, and I think, I, I think the opportunity there for many other farmers to, to get on to, into organics is, is there now, and I hope they will. What incentives are there for farmers to go organic? The incentives initially, they were, they, they, there's a two-year conversion period, as I said, and they, um, you know, farmers will get in or around sort of 220 euros per hectare during the conversion period for two years. And then after that, there's a, just an organic payment of about 170 per hectare. Now, there's higher rates for horticulture and tillage. Um, and, you know, I suppose that, that's one incentive, is, is the financial value of the scheme. But I think the other incentive is uh, the fact that on the whole, your, you know, your input costs drop away, uh, you know, a hell of a lot. Um, that's, we certainly found that. And the profit margin or, and the value of what you produce is higher, you know, especially if you're in the dairy sector or you're in tillage or even horticulture. But even for our beef, we're getting maybe a 15% uh, higher price for our organic beef versus, you know, conventional beef, for example. So, you know, we've certainly seen, um, you know, it, it's worked for us. One of the criticisms previously was, you know, the criteria for eligibility. There was a lot of people applying and a lot weren't getting through. Will that change in this rollout of the scheme, Minister? Yes, and, and I, I, I'm confident we've addressed those concerns I mean they a lot of those concerns related to that one month opening in back at the end of 2018 um, and there were concerns about you know especially smaller farmers or even those with the horticultural enterprises um, which actually in fact were a target audience at the stage but the the, the calculation mechanism didn't facilitate their much smaller holding so we've certainly addressed that with this scheme we hope to um, I suppose that the point to make is that this scheme is open to all farmers and only really in the event of an oversubscription will you know a ranking and, and um, uh, 
criteria be applied. So um, I secured four million in the in the budget for for this reopening, which is a 33% increase on on the funding to date. Um, you know, we expect look, who knows how many will apply, but on average, based on average size holdings, we're hoping maybe 400 or 500 new entrants. So I'm hoping there'll be lots of space for for all types of farmers to apply. Now the scheme has opened, as you mentioned at the outset, and how do people apply? Well, people should uh, contact my my department. There is a um, there'll be if you, they go to my department website, there'll be the the application details will be available there. Um, if people are even you know interested in 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 how it works. Um, there's information from Chagas also, and also the organic certification bodies. There's two of them in Ireland. There's the Organic Trust and there's the Irish Organic Association. You know, all of these um, are available to advise farmers and to you know to help them with the application process. And you know, just to talk through the, what it's like to be organic. Um, and I think you know, look, I think you know, we're really moving towards that sort of direction with with farming, with the European strategies. And I think you know, I think it's exciting. Um, I certainly found that when we when we made the, the switch and that two-year conversion period, you know, really made us think about, right, where are we going with our farm? What are we doing? Pla- long-term planning, but it made things almost easier on us. There wasn't so much pressure, I felt. So I think look, I just couldn't recommend it highly enough. And certainly, you know, if people want to, you know, contact me or even other, other farmers that they might know, I would just recommend them to do that, you know, and, and hear from the horse's mouth how it's worked. Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Senator Pippa Hackett, on the reopening of the organic farming scheme. Farm Talk on C103. Welcome back. A Cork dairy farmer is calling for more women to choose farming as a career and she says she'd be proud for her three daughters to follow in her footsteps. Senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran has been speaking to Paula Hines on their family farm in Arla. In the second part of their interview, Paula talks about becoming a dairy farmer herself and the importance of getting more women involved in farming. My third daughter Georgina, she was born in 2014. When the time came to go back to work, it wasn't going to be feasible with childcare. The childcare costs were through the roof. I would have been coming out with, I would have been handing over all my wages. So Pete was at home farming and... I started giving him a hand on the farm and um, just fell in love with feeding the calves. And then in 2016 we had um, increased the herd, but we still had the, the old facilities, so I was taking peat four and a half hours in the morning, four and a half hours in the evening to milk the cows. So I used to come down in the evenings for a break to have a cup of coffee with him. And there was this one cow that used to always come to the back of the parlour to me, Val. And like that, became fierce buddies with her. And... He used to come down nearly at that stage just to see her and cuddle her. And Pete said to me one evening, can't you put on a few clusters? And I goes, nah, I wouldn't have a clue. And I did, and my confidence grew a bit, and I went away then and I did the, the FRS milking course and got my level six certificate in that. And the rest is history. I love it now. So you're not like the traditional farmer's wife, that image of the traditional farmer's wife. You're a farmer in your own right. Uh, most definitely. I'm definitely not a farmer's wife. I consider myself a dairy farmer. Um, I'm not the person to be at home having the dinner on the table at a certain time or baking the fresh scones um, we're all very equal in the house here Pete will cook just as much as I do as the two older girls do um, we all share the housework duties as we all share the work on the farm so we're all very equal there is absolutely no male-female agenda thing within Team Hines anyway. So would you like to see more females involved in farming and become farmers? Definitely. I think um, everyone has a right to farm if they want to. And I think there's a lot of women out there doing a lot more on the farms than they give themselves credit for. Um, 
like it kills me when I hear women saying, ah, sure, I don't do that much, I only just block a gap, when in fact they're in milking the cows, they're feeding the calves, they're cleaning out beds. Um, I think women need to step up and speak up a small bit more for themselves and get put themselves out there a bit more. Is it a difficult career for a woman to choose, do you think? Well, like for us, I suppose in retrospect it is a difficult, um, but then it's only certain times of the year you're busy. Mm. I mean... Yes, we're very busy here now, but we have a good team in place and we all back each other up when we're having a bad day. Or, but then in the summer you can switch off a bit, cows are out at grass, calves are out, um, you'd have a bit more time during the day. I suppose the women that are doing it need to uh, speak up a bit more. I try and speak up as much as I can, that's why I encourage my three daughters, um, like it's all daughters I have. Um, very proud to have three daughters, any one of them could go farming, not a bother to them. Um, I suppose it need for women like myself that started late to farming. I would have loved if there was an option for me to do my green cert online. There isn't one through the state body at the moment, so I just have to try and figure out another way to do it. And that green cert, like why would you need that green cert if you're already here working on the farm? Well, I suppose for me, like I own my own cows. I have my own stock, but I can't have them in my name because I don't have a herd number have to have the green cert to have a herd number. Um, if I had the green cert, I could go into partnership with my husband, which I can't do at the moment because I don't have the green cert. And every, every time I went to try and inquire about doing the green cert, I was told that I'd have to go back to full-time college, 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, which is totally ridiculous when I have three kids and a farm to run at home. Um, and it just baffles me that... There is, the opt- there is the online course, but they won't accept my level six cert that I have in milking because I'd have to have a qualification outside of agriculture to do the agricultural course. I'd love to see that change to give women, I suppose, of my age more of an opportunity to um, go into partnership with their husbands and have their own name on records. Dairy farmer in Aherle, Paula Hines, speaking to our senior news reporter, Fiona Corcoran. Keith Kennedy is Principal of the Clonakilty Agricultural College and joins us to discuss some of the courses now available to students. I began by asking Keith about the online open evening next Tuesday. I suppose traditionally, I'd say, you know, now would be the first Friday in, in March, we would invite people from all over Munster to call in and, and see what's going on in the college and ask questions and they'd have interest maybe on the, the coming year's courses or maybe a bit further down the road. But like all that has to stop because of COVID, so... You know, we're running an online evening on uh, Tuesday night of March at 7.30. Uh, it's going to be on Zoom. Uh, it'll, it'll give us some opportunities to, to explain the courses to people and you know, just to re-engage with people that we just haven't been able to in the, in the last number of months. Uh, in order to uh, participate in the evening, you need to go on to uh, Zoom. So the best way to do it is to register uh, by going to www.chagas.e forward slash clanakilty and uh, you, you'll get a link to the, to the event itself. And what can people expect then out of the evening? Slightly different, I suppose, to what you would see normally. You get around to see the enterprise and you know, walk through our facilities, uh, the sheds, the livestock, machinery and so forth, see the teaching facilities. But uh, what we will have on the evening itself is we'll have some uh, students of the course and some uh, past students uh, in the studio. So, like, for instance, we'll have one uh, second-year student who's currently on placement. Uh, he's going to come in from his, his farm placement on the evening and... and uh, We'll have a chat with him about how, how he's found a course over the last two years. And we'll also have had some ex-students that have uh, progressed on to other qualifications, moved into courses such as the Professional Farm Managers course or they're uh, in employment now if they've gone through the, uh, what was the CIT course. And we'll have some teachers on site as well also to answer any questions both 
for our own full-time course and also the course that uh, was run out of uh, CIT. I suppose you have a bit of experience now that over the past year you've been able to blend in the online and then courses that just have to be carried out there on site. So you'll be able to give potential students there a very good understanding of what they can expect. Yeah, like I, I, I would still see us having some of the restrictions in place come in the autumn. Uh, we, we would like to have some uh, classroom-based activities, but you know we're, we're, we've learned to be flexible over the last uh, eight, nine months, and, and we may still have to face into that. So we have a plan in place whether we can have it more on site as normal, or you know go down the more uh, blended learning route that we've we, we've been uh, I suppose adopting it since last uh, September. And the courses then, Keith, that are available over this coming autumn. There's strong interest actually across all courses. Uh, we've seen an upward trend last year, and it's continuing this year. So. I suppose, first of all, we've got our two-year Level 6 course uh, that's starting in September, and people can apply right now if they so wish, if they go to the college website, www.chagas.e forward slash Clannacilty. That course, you need to be 17 years of age. Uh, That's the main criteria for applying. Uh, And there's been an uptake across Ireland so far, but locally we've seen a 40% increase in applications to date, so uh, that's that's heartening for for the coming uh, autumn. like I said, the course is targeted at school leavers, so some of these people will be still, you know, trying to complete leave inserts and so forth. So uh, they're, they're they're applying at, at the moment, and we, we'd expect to see more in the coming uh, weeks. There's a closing date for that course at the 30th of June, so I'd advise people to get get online and put their uh, name name in the pot uh, for places right now. Um, that course, I suppose, compared to the other courses, would have a large element of placement built in. You know, 24 weeks of it across the two years, and uh, you know that. That given the type of people that apply for the course, it's always seen as being a uh, a great part of the course, and the vast majority of students really highly recommend that aspect of it. Uh, our second course then that I'd like to mention, we've got a two-year part-time course uh, kicking off in September. That's targeted for people that are over 23. That is run between Cork West Advisory and ourselves. And uh, there is no application window right now, but what I'd ask people that are interested in that course to do is to contact the college directly at 023-883-2500 or Pat Flannery in the McCroom office. Uh, he's at 076-111-441 to register interest. We have a second online information meeting direct just specifically for that course on the 24th of March. Uh, and you know, if people want to get, get online for that course, they should contact ourselves or Pat. Uh, that course will be run one day and one evening a week uh, from September for a couple of years. Uh, like I said, the application window for that doesn't open until April. And uh, a course that's, I suppose, in the media uh, just at the moment is the distance education course, and we, we will have one of them starting in, in September also. Uh, that course would be run over 20 months with 20 contact days, and this is specifically targeted people that have a uh, level six qualification already. Uh, nothing to do with agriculture, so it's non-agricultural award. So you know it could be teachers, uh, guardy, you know nurses, anything that you could think of. People with trades as well, so, you know carpenters, electricians, so forth. Uh, so that, that course is starting uh, in September and the application window for that is opening this coming Monday on the, the 8th of March. And the, the final course I'd like to mention then would be the uh, MTU course in Cork. That used to be CIT, but they've merged uh, since the 1st of January with Tralee. So the MTU course, we'll be answering any questions on that also uh, on our open night on the, on the 9th of March. Uh, people may have already you know, looked at that course already because you had to submit a CEO application for it, but we change, change your mind forms, you know, there's always a, a chance to reapply for that at this stage. And for people generally then that want to apply for courses, how do they go about that? Like I said, uh, just going back to the CIT courses now, MTU Cork, uh, 
uh, that would have been through the CEO process already. But for our other courses, they are all now online. So the, the easiest way to apply for the course of your choice is to go to www.chagas.e forward slash Clinic Hilti and follow the links there. So our level six course, which has a first year element to it, we call that the level five. Uh, you'd apply for that online. Just submitting your, your name uh, and address uh, an email contact we will get back to you with, with further details when the application process closes at the, on the 30th of June for the distance course like I said that's also opening for applications on the 8th of March and that, that will have strong interest so I'd, I'd advise people that are listening to uh, get online and apply for that and secure their places as quickly as possible because places will be limited on, on that course like I said the part-time course uh, that application window will open in April uh, so at the moment just contact the college or McCroom office uh, just to register your interest in that. Keith Kennedy, Principal of the Clonakilty Agricultural College. Farming organisations have been quick to react to the decision by the Bank of Ireland to close 88 branches around the country, nine of which are in Cork and for the most part located in rural areas. IFA described it as a slap in the face for rural Ireland, especially for farming and rural communities. 80% of the branches are rural. The withdrawal of the vital service will discommode those without internet access and people whose preference is to do their banking in person. IFA met with Bank of Ireland to outline its views and made it clear the decision was very badly received in rural Ireland. It's calling on the government to make the necessary investments in establishing fully serviced community banking. ICMSA described the Bank of Ireland announcement as an abandonment of rural communities and the elderly. In effect, the bank is abandoning person-to-person business in large parts of the country and the reality is that rural towns already struggling will be disproportionately affected. ICSA says the decision will exacerbate the growing detachment of banking from rural Ireland and will be a disaster for the many customers who do not have access to quality broadband. It's also concerned at the decimation of the frontline relationship between the bank and its customers, which will play havoc with the essential credit needs of families and with the basics of prudent lending. A March ICT infrastructure scheme has been launched. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, has announced funding to Livestock Marts for ICT infrastructure. Livestock Marts can apply to the department for a grant of a maximum of €5,000 to cover 50% of expenditure by a Mart on ICT infrastructure under the Marts ICT Infrastructure Scheme 2021. The Minister pointed out that annually nearly 3 million cattle and sheep are sold through livestock marts. Maintaining viable sales outlets for livestock is vital to ensuring that the agri-sector here and food supply chain are fully functioning. Minister McConnell paid tribute to marts and farmers for their swift adjustment last year to online sales, which COVID-19 public health pandemic measures had made necessary. Now, he said, the longer-term vision for the sector must be considered. Even when the COVID-19 situation allows for a return to in-person attendance at Marts, online sales will continue to be a significant feature. The blend of online and in-person sales are good for competition, as more people, he believed, would have an opportunity to bid on livestock than would normally be able to attend a Mart on the Mart's own premises. Marts must ensure they have very high-quality ICT infrastructure in place to facilitate online sales in their operations. The closing date for a seat of applications is 15th of November 2021. Marts may only apply once for a grant. 
Part of a statement there from Minister McConnell launching the new March ICT Infrastructure Scheme 2021. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Tight supplies of hoggets are reported to have driven prices up to €7 kg. IFA National Sheep Committee Chairman Mr. Sean Dennehy said hogget prices had hit €7 Euro kg with higher deals available for larger lots and groups. Mr. Dennehy said prices are driven by very strong demand and tight supplies of finished hoggets. He pointed out that factory agents were very active in March and competing strongly with wholesalers for the limited supplies which are available, providing a real alternative outlet for farmers. Sean Dennehy said... Orderly marketing of hoggets is important to maximise your returns. Farmers should sell hard while moving hoggets as they become fit. He said the Collio trade had also improved. Prices are ranging from €2.90 to €3.20 a kg. The IFA National Sheep Committee chairman said the increased sale of lamb in supermarkets is helping offset the reduced food service sector demand and underpin the trade. Sean Dennehy said hogget prices in Northern Ireland, the United Kingdom and the European Union are following a similar price trend, highlighting the demand which exists in the marketplace. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Edmund Curtin, area sales manager with Dairy Gold, joins us to discuss feeding dairy cows now that herds are eventually getting out to grass more and more, which he says is a welcome move after recent weather events. That's right, Barry, that's right. I mean, look, we've been, we've been waiting all the last couple of weeks for weather to improve. People are getting out fertiliser now as well. Uh, cows are appearing out there now by day as well. 
Um, by night in some very small cases, but depending on how crest availability is there on some farms. But it's nice to see the, the spring unrolling from there. And what should the farmer be focusing on now? It's the most demanding time for dairy cows in terms of feeding. I mean, look, the overall aim is to maximise herd production while maintaining body condition score um, and achieving the desired graze out to grass while cows are out by the year. I suppose, look, at this stage of the year, it's about feeding concentrates in balance with grass in order to achieve, I suppose our ultimate aim is to achieve high fertility farmers in six weeks in tangent with getting up production from our cows at the moment in terms of yield, fat and protein, the whole lot. Um, what should be initially monitored is how well cows are grazing out in a situation like at the moment where cows are out by day. Um, it's a change in cows' diets. They're going from fully indoor diet and concentrate feeding, maybe even a TMR mix, out to grass by day. So we need to be monitoring what cows are, how well cows are grazing down to the ideal uh, graze out of four centimetres. If cows are given a set allocation per day, they need to be grazing out to death. So if they're grazing out above death, they're obviously the, the TMR mix or the indoor diet needs to be pulled back and adjusted, and if they're grazing below that, given a set allocation, then the concentrates need to be included in the diet and need to be increased. If cows have added access to grass, I suppose, before, Barry, if they're let out by day with more or less bellies full of grass, they only consume about a kilo of dry matter of grass per hour. Right, look, if it's a case that they're allowed to have on-off grazing as practice, whereby silage is restricted, cows will take in their daily requirement of 12 to 14 kilos of dry matter in a potential of 6 to 8 hours throughout the day. The reason to maximise grass and concentrate intakes is because they're the highest energy feed sources available to cows. And I suppose to put some figures on the whole thing, Barry, at the moment, allowing an allocation of 18 kilos of dry matter to cows, which is where they'll potentially be consuming about 18 weeks after calving. So as an example, if they're producing 28 litres of milk on an out-by-day situation, cows will be consuming 6 kilos dry matter of grass, 6 kilos of 72 DMG silage uh, dry matter. They'll also be needing 8 kilos of concentrate at this stage to maintain that level of production. Feeds such as post-carver gold would be a huge benefit in this early scenario on the early lactation diet, as they'd include high energy, high starch ingredients combined with quality protein sources. Cows and post-carver gold would have improved performance as a result of the inclusion of E-sac in the TA digestion in their diet and to maximise intakes. Biotin is also included for hoof strength and trial work that has shown as well that biotin improves milk yield also as a result. Post-carver gold range also includes bioplex, cellplex minerals, uh, and high level of vitamin E as well are also included to support the cow's immunity to reduce dates for service and to support reproduction performance. So I suppose overall dairy farmers need to balance grass supply and herd performance with concentrate feeding and whatever grass is available. Farmers also need to pay attention as well to cow's milk protein percentage as an energy indicator for their cow's performance. This will dictate the cow's body condition score which will ultimately affect the success of the breeding season as it comes in a month to six weeks. Edmund Curtin, Area Sales Manager with Dairy Gold. And Edmund will join us again on Wednesday night to discuss more on this topic. The Mochrin of Ferrama 38th Presidential and Vice Presidential nominations process is now complete and the election candidates have been announced. The new national president and three vice presidents are elected biannually to represent the Young Farmers and Rural Youth Organisation. Once the vice president candidate include Anya McCarthy from Immokili Mochra in East Cork. A series of hustings will begin on Zoom next week with the Munster events taking place on Monday, March 15th and Wednesday, March 24th. Time now to hear from Mokra in Cork this week. Ashling O'Keefe is Cork County PRO and has been telling us about this year's 70th anniversary celebrations. So it's the Cork County Mokra 70th anniversary in 2021 and unfortunately with COVID we're not able to hold the usual celebrations. 
However, as a committee, we've decided to still host the celebration on Zoom. So it's taking place on the 23rd of April via Zoom, and you can keep an eye on all our social medias on Facebook and Instagram for the link um, around the time to join the event. So there'll be a few speeches, a bit of entertainment, and people will get a chance to connect to members um, from the 70 years of, of Cork County Mocra. In preparation for the 70th anniversary, we are asking um, Cork County Mocra members over the 70 years, so anybody who is a me- member of any club throughout the years, to send in any memorabilia that they have um, to myself, um, by the 12th of March. So the email to send in the information is corkcountymacra at gmail.com. So it's all lowercase. And we'll put together um, a presentation then for the night, which will also be available on our social media pages. We are hoping that members um, throughout the years of Cork County Macra will join in on the celebration on the night. They get a chance to catch up with um, people they would have known during their time in Macra and to meet the new generation of Macra members. We are hoping that there'll be gift baskets available to order for the night as well, with some Cork and Irish treats to have on the night while you join in our celebration. So we're hoping to see as many people as possible there on the night and to get as much memorabilia as we can gather to showcase on the night. So again, the email address to send in any memorabilia, pictures, anything at all that people have is corkcountymacra at gmail.com. Ashling O'Keefe, Cork County Macra PRO. 20 additional Chagask teaching posts have been sanctioned by the government. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, TD, has announced he has secured 20 additional fixed-term teaching positions for Chagask. The posts, he pointed out, will be aimed at delivering greater resources for green cert courses, particularly in the north-west and north-east of the country. Minister McConnell said he had received swift sanction through the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform to secure these 20 extra Chagask teaching posts. Minister McConnell thanked his colleague, Minister Michael McGrath, in the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform for granting this sanction without delay. He also thanked the Chagask Director, Professor Jerry Boyle, for proactive engagement in the matter. Minister McConnell recognised that generational renewal and continued education of farmers were key priorities of the sector, and he was delighted to have been able to secure these 20 extra Chagas positions. He was acutely aware of the huge demand for green cert places. He hoped this move would go a considerable way to easing the burden on farmers seeking to be trained. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Thanks, John, for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thank you for listening. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Calf Milk Replacer. Offering a wide range of calf milk replacers to suit your calf's needs. On C103. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.